Hi, everyone. I am trying something new here. I'm going to share with you the audio of the first module of a course that I am teaching and, and selling. And uh, perhaps you'll enjoy this audio. You'll probably get something good out of it. But if you want to get full access to the course, along with the links, the document, uh, video, etc., um, you can check out the notes of this episode to to take a look at the course and see if you want to officially join us. All right, enjoy this one. All right, welcome to the Conscious Money Flow course. I'm George Cow. really excited to have you here. This has been a course I've been looking forward to teaching for a long time. And in fact, I have already taught this course in earlier iterations several times. And I feel like even in the past couple of years since I taught the previous version, my knowledge relationship to money has developed even more um, and particularly when it comes to you know investing and things like that which we'll talk about in the in the third and fourth part of the course so the way i'd like to start uh with this course is to start with the mindset um, because i think if we start there that is the strongest foundation for us to take it to the next level and so the deepest intention that i have uh for your growth through the course is to help you to improve your relationship to money. Now, I know that the subject of money uh, can be a trigger for, for a lot of us. Um, most of us were not trained growing up uh, dealing skillfully with money. We may even have had um, not the best role models uh, in our life with regards to money. And, and some of us may have even had traumatic experiences uh, with money. And so I hope that as we go through the course, you will uh, develop a healthier and healthier relationship uh, to money. And, and even at the end of the course, you'll feel empowered and uh, excited to uh, work with money in a much more productive way. So uh, I, I want to start with sharing some reframing about money, what money means. Um, now, uh, we don't have a whole lot of time in this course to dive into mindset because I do want to get into as much of the practical aspects as possible, but some reframing is helpful. So the first, uh, and by the way, as I, as I speak through these different ideas, I always appreciate seeing your comments below. Um, those of you who are live here, you can chat under uh, with the Zoom here. Uh, those of you watching later can just comment below the video. Anytime you hear me share an idea or a reframe uh, that, that you find particularly helpful, please go ahead and chat below. Just even a few words is, is great. Uh, for me to see. Or if you have another idea uh, or a question, you can always chat below also. So the first, uh, you know, what is money for? <laughs> That's a really the first question. And you're welcome to answer uh, that in below if you'd like. Um, you know, as I mentioned, a lot of us have had negative relationships to money growing up. And so if we, if I were to ask you to fill it in, money is for blank some of those answers might not be the most uh, uplifting answers and, and some might be, but let me give you a couple of uh, uplifting possibilities. To me, money is for personal growth. And what do I mean by that is I, I truly believe that whatever situation 
we have with money right now in our own life is somehow meant for our improvement and elevation. It's not meant to shame us. There's no blame that's needed. You could say there's plenty of blame to go around, but not in this course. There's no shame. There's no blame. It's simply what it is. And it is an opportunity for us to elevate ourselves and our mindset, our emotional equanimity, and our practical skill sets of working with numbers and, and, and with uh, choices. So, um, and, and one thing I'd like for you to, to consider is that you are here right now. You're actually somehow okay right now. Through all the ups and downs of life, we've all been through many money challenges. And sometimes we may have had some money, you know, successes or times when we feel like, oh, it's going to be great. The ups and downs, no matter how much you've been through, you're here right now. And it's my faith. Uh, I hope that you'll try taking this on that somehow, magically, you will always be taken care of. In some mysterious way that we can't fully explain, your true needs will always be met. Now, somehow, the needs can be sometimes met with external help, your friends, of course, your family. Sometimes a client suddenly shows up, a new client for you, when you we're feeling some despair and you have a new opportunity. Sometimes it's your own internal resources that are motivated and tapped in a time of need. You suddenly have a bout of motivation to do something that results in some additional uh, resources for you. I believe that life is always trying to train us to develop more and more internal resources, or rather I should say, to learn how to tap into the eternally available, abundant resource within us, which for everybody is creativity, is an internal locus of motivation. It is your resourcefulness. For those of us who may have a more spiritual bent, we could say our faith, our connection to higher self. Those internal resources are abundant. And I believe life is training us to tap into those at every moment, every day. And when we are having a hard time doing that, life will send us external help as needed. So I think money is for our personal growth when we see that when we're at a low, that teaches us faith, faith in ourselves, faith in our higher self, faith in, you might say, God or universe. So that's at a low, we're, we're learning faith. And at a high, we learn humility, <laughs> you know, because if you've noticed, money highs don't usually last forever. <laughs> Otherwise, 
we wouldn't be taking a course like this, right? If there's always, you know, every time you look in your bank account, oh my God, I've I've more money than I ever need, then well, then you might want to take a course like this to learn how to spend it uh, and use it for more impact. But when we're at a high, we we know that okay, there is probably a low coming at some point. We don't know when, just like the stock market. And so we just practice humility and say, in gratitude, say, wow, I am abundant today externally, but I'm always abundant internally if I learn to tap into that. So money is for our personal growth and um, practice knowing that you'll always, your true needs will always be met. Now I have a uh, resource document for you that I'm going to share with you briefly now. And uh, we, uh, I've already, I actually started the course already in, in page three, but I'll go, I'll go into pages one and two shortly, but I wanted to show you this resource from uh, one of the members of my master heart business mentoring group, Eric Klein. He sent me an article that I thought was really relevant for this course. So I decided to share that link with you. Um, it's, it's uh, helping us. This article is helping us to disconnect our net worth from our self-worth. <laughs> and it's a good practice to realize that whenever money is an emotion trigger, hopefully it is a reminder after this course, hopefully it is a reminder for you going forward that it is a mindfulness practice. Uh, whenever money triggers you, whenever the thought of money triggers you, whenever uh, the thought of earning money, saving money, uh, spending money, investing money, whenever it triggers you, let it be a reminder to practice mindfulness, whatever that means for you. And to resituate yourself, your worth, in something much more eternal. So, all right, let's continue on here and talk about how financial freedom, I'm gonna give you a very simple formula, good strategy plus self-discipline plus time. If you add those three together or multiply the three, you will get financial freedom, which I know is what a lot of us are looking for. What I'm gonna do my best to give you in this course, of course, is, is good strategy. Now, what I need from you is the willingness to apply the strategies, which is to practice some self-discipline. And let me just give you, I know self-discipline isn't the favorite word for everybody here, and it may even be triggering for some of you, but let me kind of reframe it by saying this. It's basically daily small changes or intentional small changes. And here's an interesting way to think about it. If you, if you make a 1% positive change every day at something, okay, for a whole year, which is 1% positive change every day, which is very doable, a baby step, you end up being 38 times better at something. So my invitation for you to practice for the next 365 days is 1% positive change, if I could learn how to spell that correctly, um, in how you think about money and how you relate to money will make you 38 times better at shifting your money mindset at the end of the year. So here's a question for you to think about. What helps you to be patient and take slightly uncomfortable baby steps every day? And I just wanna give you uh, that moment to reflect on, on this question and I invite you to comment below. What helps you to be patient with the journey and to take slightly uncomfortable baby steps every day. Some wonderful chats coming through. 
Thank you all. Let's see. Uh, I saw that Dorota had written clear structure plus empathic companionship. That's beautiful. And yes, um, some structure can be created through this course, but really uh, the most important is for you to create your own structure because that you know yourself best, create your own structure for your life, for your daily actions, and then empathic companionship. Of course, also, you might be able to de develop some of that from this course, which we I'll show you later. We have a course directory where you can start to reach out to others. So uh, thank you all for your chats. Um, those of you who are watching this later, be sure to look at your, your fellow peers here, um, their chat starting at about 12 minutes in to get a lot of encouragement. So thank you all so much. All right, so I wanna, let's continue on in the document here. Uh, by the way, uh, if you've never looked at my energy reboot practice, this is what I personally do on a daily basis. And I've done it for years, multiple times a day. And I really believe it has changed my business for the better dramatically over the years. But again, 1% improvement every day. So it's not like I do my energy reboot practice and suddenly next, you know, tomorrow I have, you know, 20 client inquiries or something like that. But it's over time. I, I, I look back and I feel like I'm a different person. So, you know, if you have a practice like that, whether you want to borrow mine or make up yours, or you maybe already have one, I encourage you to practice every single day to 1% positive change in your relationship to money uh, and to productivity, because that's related, of course. All right. Let's continue on here. So <laughs> here's a bit of a funny, funny line. Do you crave financial freedom? Maybe you just need a nap. <laughs> and what I mean is I've noticed the times in my life when I have said, oh, I just want to, I just want to quit everything and move to Bali and just have an easy life for the rest of my life. I don't know if any of you have ever felt that way. I know now I look back and I know that those are the times when I have felt uh, exhausted, uh, burned out. Um, not uh, practicing the enjoyment of my work, uh, which I think all of us here, you know, many of us here, maybe all of us, most of us are, are, are self-employed. So, so self-employment means you are able to develop your most authentic and enjoyable work. So it's really up to you and it's your choice. And so if you practice uh, structuring your day in, a, in an ideal way, with a nice rhythm of work and rest, work and rest, and you find what is a sustainable rhythm for you, then hopefully you won't have as much need for financial freedom uh, as, as much as you, you previously did because you are enjoying every day. And when you're enjoying your work every day, um, you're not as attached to a vision of a future that only when I get there will I allow myself to be happy. That's the danger of, of being so attached to that future vision. But rather, you can be happy right now, in this moment, every day, if you practice joyful productivity. So, so that's an invitation for you to remind yourself. Let, let that be a reminder every time you are craving financial freedom. <laughs> maybe I need a nap. And maybe you do. Maybe you, you need to practice a, a rhythm of rest. Um, naps, uh, you know, going to sleep on time each night, vacations, etc. And, and uh, besides that, when you're working to, to try to work with, with more joy, every time, every moment you spend at the computer doesn't have to be a, a tense moment of getting things done. I used to be that way uh, for years. And then I realized, oh, 
any moment at the computer can be a moment of appreciation and of curiosity and of playfulness and of experimentation. So um, most of us work at the computer, but whatever, wherever you work, it can be that kind of spirit that you bring in. And then therefore you are essentially free. You are essentially fulfilled every day. And that is the journey I hope you'll take because then you won't be needing the financial freedom, but you'll find yourself working your way there naturally. And, and that's a beautiful, uh, uh, a beautiful experience to have. Okay. So let's continue on here and uh, talk about how money is also, so I said money is for personal growth. Money is also for professional development. Now consider this, your, where does your income come from? The money that you get paid, where does that come from? It's the spending of your clients and customers is how you get your money. So literally the money you receive is the market's guidance for your professional development. Let me talk about that for a moment here. Because the money you get is from somebody else going, oh, I want to spend money on Joselito or on Ruth or on Kirsten or on Don. I want to spend money on for that, for that service or that product. And so every dollar or euro or, or whatever currency is spent on your business is a vote for what direction the market wants you to go in your professional development. So let me explain that better. So you might say, well, I don't know what am I, am I supposed to do with my life, with my career, with my purpose. Some of you already know quite well. Some of you are exploring that right now. Um, along the way, as you note, as you work on that, because that's not this is not a course for that, but as long the way as you work on that, whether you work with a, a coach or uh, work with work on your own with this or with a friend, notice where people are excited about the kinds of things you talk about. Of all the things you talk about, of all the things you help people with, where are people most excited? How are people most excited? And eventually you'll see that they spend money with you. Oh, of all your different products and offerings you've, you've made available over the years, where do they tend to spend the money? That is the market's vote for, please do more of that for us, because that's where we want to spend the money. Now, the other areas where you help people, where they don't spend the money, it's not that those are not valuable. It's just not aligned with the market's wants at this time. Some of us are way ahead of the market. <laughs> just like Buckminster Fuller was way ahead of his time. And so we might be providing something we think is super valuable for people, but they don't understand it yet. So, um, and if they don't understand it and if they don't want it, they're not going to vote for it. Right? So this is why I always recommend my clients follow the three stages of content creation, which I've given you a blog post there that describes everything. You can click on that. Uh, by the way, the, the links in the course, you click on it and you may have to click on the link below it to get there. Okay. Now, uh, so I've given you two blog posts for you to read more to, to understand how the market is guiding your professional development. And the last thing I'll say is this, you know, we can relate to the market. Some, some of us may have gotten into a relationship with our audience that is kind of a love-hate relationship sometimes over the years. It's like you offer something that you think is so good that you, you, you know they need, you, you, you know that if they only bought the service from you or this product, that they would benefit from it so much, but they're not buying it. And so it might create some frustration. If, have any of you ever experienced that? Oh, why are they not understanding that this is so good for them? They should buy this. And so 
there might sometimes be a sense of resentment or bafflement, you know, when it comes to relating to our audience. When I say audience, I mean your potential clients, the people who could buy from you, the people who could hire you. Instead, I invite you when those moments happen, ah, this is a moment of practice. Can I instead tap into my deep love for my audience? This is a really wonderful way to relate to them. And, you know, when you love somebody, think about somebody you love. Somebody just brings joy to your heart. When you love somebody, you so enjoy giving them what gives them joy. Isn't that true? Whatever they enjoy, I'm, I'm going to do it because I love seeing them enjoy. I love giving them what they want. Now, of course, we also want to give them what they need, what you believe they need, but you, you want to give them what they want, especially if it's adults, I should say. Now, children, you know, you can't give them every toy they want, right? every junk food they want. But as adults, which all, most of our clients and customers are adults, we give them, we, 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 we respect their wants. We don't say, no, no, I know better than you, and you should want this rather than that. It's probably true, <laughs> okay? Because you, by definition, if you are if you are a service provider, you you've gotten more advanced in that area of development, so you probably do know what they should want rather than what they want want. Um, but still, you need to respect where they are right now and meet them where they are. Say, so, oh, you want that? Okay, I'm going to do my best to give you that. And whether they know or not, you can also give them what they need. You know, but give them what they want for sure. But also slip in what they need. So I hope this is helpful as a, as a framing for how money is for your professional development, okay? Money is for appreciation as well. So let's talk about this for a moment. When you spend money, you have a choice. You, you made the choice to spend the money, but how are you spending the money? Are you spending it begrudgingly? Sometimes that might be the case if you're paying bills. Yeah, it might be a begrudging kind of feeling. But I invite you, and sometimes you are buying something you really enjoy and you spend money with joy. Right? I invite you starting today, however you spend the money, if you, whenever you remember, you catch yourself, oh, I'm spending money right now. Try to bring some appreciation to that. Oh, I appreciate this. I appreciate my electricity company for providing me electricity. Otherwise, I, I would really not know how to do that myself. I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't be able to do it reliably. I appreciate my credit card company for providing me credit to make it so easy for me. I could pull out a card from my pocket and buy something when, when I don't have enough cash. I appreciate that service, right? So if you can spend money with appreciation starting today, you'll start to reform your relationship with money over time. Now, also remember your income is from other people's spending. So when you receive income, do you receive it with trepidation? Oh, I hope that they don't regret it. Do you receive it with guilt? Oh, I can't believe I charge for this thing I love doing so much. Or you have a choice. You could receive it with appreciation. Knowing that that person spent that money on you willingly, I'm assuming, <laughs> unless you're using mainstream marketing, you're using scarcity and making them buy from you and you better buy from me or otherwise you're going to regret this decision. No, that's mainstream marketing. I teach authentic marketing. I hope, I hope 
when you come when it comes to my courses, you're buying willing, <laughs> willingly. But when people spend money on you, imagine that they're they're doing it in appreciation for you because they are probably most of the time. And whether or not they are, you can still imagine that and create more of that reality for yourself. So next up, we've got this course's mindset about money. Now I know that um, there are some deep-seated issues with money, emotional, family-related, maybe even traumatic, that we don't have the, the bandwidth to cover in this course. So that's why I've given you a list of providers um, that you can click on. Again, click on the link and then click on the, 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 the link below it to get to a list of providers. Uh, uh, I started the list with, with Liesl Teversham, who I've actually hosted uh, to, to talk about EFT multiple times over the years. She's a member. These are all members, current members of, of my Master Heart Business Mentoring Group. And um, uh, anytime you're seeing this list, this list may, may change over, over the years. But um, but Anita Johnson is as, as well. And Alana Christensen, thank you so much. So please, if you're a current Master Heart member, please go ahead and, and add your, uh, your, your, your link in here if, if, it's, if money issues, deep-seated money issues is something you can help people with. And then if you're not yet a Master Heart member um, or you're not, but you still provide this kind of service, you're welcome to also add your information here. So I'll let you work with somebody on some of the more deep-seated issues. What I'm able to help you in this course is more of a what I call a nowist approach. <laughs> what I can help you with is, is to is to change your behavior uh, bit by bit over time. If you take, if you are committed to applying this course and the planning, of course, is what I help you with here in this course, you'll produce good action. Right? And good action will shape your sense of identity over time, which of course has a virtuous cir uh, circle of making further good actions even easier. So I do invite you as, you, as we work through the practical aspects of this course, again, you may find some triggering from some of the emotional issues. And I just invite you just to breathe, just to breathe as you find yourself triggered on any aspect of this course and just Take a moment, take a pause, and try to bring in a spirit of, of gratitude, knowing that somehow magically, remember, you'll always be taken care of, and, and try to bring a spirit of gratitude and blessing whenever you think of money as we work through the rest of this course. Agree? All right, wonderful. So let me just take a moment now to jump back to the beginning where um, uh, I skipped the first couple pages of this document. So uh, if you've taken my other courses, you know that I am, I'm always reminding you, hey, the, the resource documents uh, are private to just the students who have bought this course. Uh, you know, you're, I, I hope you're not sharing my, my course materials <laughs> with anybody else unless they bought it. This course is an exception. I feel like this money stuff is so important that I welcome you to share it with your spouse or partner, Okay. And by partner, I, I, I mean, uh, it could be a business partner too. So you're welcome to share this with a business partner or a life partner and with any of your kids, if they're willing to, to, to learn this stuff. Maybe, they're, maybe they can learn it better from me than from you. I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe they're more willing to listen to somebody else, right? So, um, so yes. So you're welcome to share the resource document and the videos with your partner, your partners, and, um, and your kids. If, any. if you have grandkids... 
you should buy it for them. Okay, so it doesn't expand beyond, you know, siblings. You should buy it for them, uh, uh, cousins, you know, parents. Uh, but just your partners and kids, you're welcome to share this. Okay. The other thing is, uh, you could just bookmark this link. This document is a private website, essentially. Bookmark this link. You don't have to copy and paste this document because if you copy and paste it, you won't see the latest. So just bookmark this link. Come back to it anytime, and you'll always see the latest version of it. Um, there is plenty of support in the course. If you if you learn how to ask questions in this document, you will get responses directly from me. So please learn how to ask questions. Here's a link to a, a quick video to show you how to ask questions in this document. There's also a bonus Q&A call. Please go ahead and sign up for that anytime. Um, and then there's the course directory, which I'm excited to show you, which I'll show you right now. If you click on this, it'll open the course directory. And the course directory is, again, private just to the students of this course. Um, and uh, I welcome you to fill in, to find a row. Just keep scrolling down until you find an empty row and start typing it in. And if somebody is typing in an empty row, you will see that uh, it, it's grayed out. So just find, uh, find some row down here that's completely empty and blank. There's no colors at all and, and start typing in there. And uh, I hope you'll, I hope more importantly, uh, well, besides adding in your information, I hope you'll also find somebody in this uh, directory to reach out to. I've given you, people have added their email address in here. So you can just, when you see an email address, you can simply um, do command C on your computer, control C or command C on the Mac, control C on the Windows and paste it in and, and you can email them that way or go to their website or their social media. And this section on the right-hand side is completely optional. It's self-scoring. It's not to <laughs> it's not to try to impress us, and it's certainly not to to blame or shame or anything. Be honest. What do you? How do you feel about your you know yourself in each of these areas compared to the people that you know? Most of the people that you know. Okay. All right. So. Last thing is feedback. I'm so grateful for your feedback. If you can fill out a feedback form after watching each session, I, I, I'd love to see that. Okay, so let me just quickly go over the what we're going to cover in this course. Uh, first, I want to I want to acknowledge your courage. Really, you know, it's it's so interesting that I this is one of the situations where I felt like everybody in my audience needs this, but not everybody in my audience wants this. Interestingly. Um, this course, the launch of this course has been uh, the weakest launch in terms of sales. I've got the fewest enrollments of this course than any course in 12 months. I launch a course every month. This is the, the, the fewest uh, enrollments of 12 months. Very interesting, right? Now, even fewest, I'm very kind of spoiled these days where I have an audience and it's still enough to move forward with the course, obviously. But you are one of the few in my audience who are willing to work on our money challenges. I bet a lot of people <laughs> who I marketed this course to could probably you know, benefit from this, but it's a, it's a very triggering topic and not everybody's ready to work with it. So I really want to acknowledge that you are ready, that you are willing, and thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. And so this is, again, like I said, you know, I can sell what I think they need, but it's really only what they want that, that they'll buy, right? And so that's, that's an example. And interestingly, another course topic I've done over the last 18 months that got the least amount of sales is how to manage your time well. <laughs> so how to manage time and money. My people don't want to, don't, want to, don't want to talk about it. 
how to get more clients and do more marketing they want to talk about it. So it's very, it's very curious when I, when I observe that. Okay. So this session, we're going to talk uh, about, uh, we've talked about mindset. We'll talk about spending wisely and, and we'll start to touch on pricing your services. We'll talk even more about that in the next session. Session two is where I think a lot of you were here for, how do you make more money? What is the overall path to wealth? I'll give you kind of like the overall uh, seven ways to make money. And uh, I'm excited to, to kind of share those with you. Um, session three, we'll start getting into saving effectively using the envelope system, which I've been using for decades now, and also for milestones, which we'll talk about. And then monthly transfers is something that I do, well, like it says, once a month. And I know a lot of people don't do this. Um, some of you may, may have been doing this if you've read a book called Profit First. Uh, I don't use the Profit First methodology in terms of multiple accounts. I do it on a spreadsheet. So I will give you a very simplified spreadsheet that's easy to use. Anyway, but you could use multiple accounts if you wish to. Anyway, I'll talk a lot about this in session three. Very important to, to learn how to do this and do this well. Um, and then finally, uh, we'll start moving into investing in session three and certainly talk a lot about investing for retirement in session four. And I'll even uh, uh, I'll give you my, my um, guidance on how to select good funds, ETFs and, and mutual funds to pick that are low cost and that are that are uh, well diversified, et cetera, et cetera, and that are value and growth and all that stuff. Okay. And I'll give you a spreadsheet that I, I spent quite a bit of money uh, building myself. I did it myself and then I, I, I had it vetted by multiple financial uh, advisors. Um, so it's, I'm really excited to share that tool with you. Now, you might say, George, I'm not ready to talk about retirement um, and investing. And I'm going to invite you to reframe that. So let me tell you a quick analogy. Imagine a tree, a large, strong, supportive tree with a variety of fruits that are delicious to you. Imagine that this tree will support you for the rest of your life. It's up to you to plant that tree and to nurture it. I call it your retirement tree because it's a really good analogy. It takes years for that tree to start bearing fruit. It's a very special type of tree. It's kind of like the bamboo plant that takes years or, or so, so I've heard. It's like it kind of stays in the ground for, for a long time, longer than you might expect. And suddenly it shoots up dramatically in a short amount of time and, and the Miyayo bamboo forest. But here I want to think about, I want you to think about your favorite type of tree. And your favorite type of tree might not bear fruits, but I want you to think about your favorite type of tree that you love sitting under and one that actually somehow bears magical fruits that are just the most delicious things to you. And so this tree, when you nurture it over years, will start to bear an unlimited amount of fruit on a consistent basis for you. And that's your retirement tree. And so if you knew that you, you would have that tree to support you for the rest of your life, will shelter you, maybe shelter your family and others, but it'll certainly help you and it'll, you'll, you'll eat from it for the rest of your life. When should you start planting that tree? When I say planning, I purposely meant, did you, did you say planning or planting? Both. When should you start planting that tree? As soon as possible, wouldn't you say? If, if that tree takes years to develop, and thankfully, by the way, that tree is really easy to plant. I should have mentioned that the seed is available. You, are, you already have the seed right now. You already have the seed for the tree. It's called $1, one euro. 
actually that's not true. It's probably more like a thousand <laughs> because most mutual funds <laughs> have, have some kind of minimum, you know, 3000, uh, but ETFs, you can invest a hundred dollars, right? But uh, if you have a hundred dollars or hundred euros at any time in your life in the next year, you have the seed to plant that tree. And so you'd rather plant it as soon as possible and let it start to germinate and grow and nurture over the years. So your retirement tree needs you to start planting it as soon as possible. So that's why I'm glad you're in this course because you're going to learn how to plant it really well and nurture it well over the next few years. And really within, within 10 years, if you can give it 10 years to really nurture the fruits before you start picking at it, that'd be great. Um, even five years, it might start to help you. Ideally, for those of you who have the, the time horizon in front of you, 20 or 30 years is the most ideal. Um, but 10 years, it, it can work. So I'll give you the spreadsheet to help you run the numbers and go, hmm, let me do the 10 years by doing this. Okay, so that's in session four. All right, let's continue on uh, going uh, with, um, okay, we talked about the money mindset. Sorry for the fast scrolling here. I'm just going, okay, now let's talk about spending wisely. I know this is also not, a favorite topic for a lot of people, but hopefully you'll hear me out and uh, you'll, you'll find a, a more healthy and, and thriving relationship with, with, with spending. So budgeting is not, is not everyone's favorite thing to do, but I believe in budgeting backwards. So it's a little bit more gentle, a little bit easier. Here are the practices. You first need to carefully log or track your, your spending. Okay. Carefully track your spending. Number one. And I'll, we'll talk about this. And then second step is to use CTF, <laughs> which uh, I may have coined actually, creative temporary frugality, <laughs> okay? Okay, frugality is not everyone's favorite word. I wanna thank uh, one of my uh, Master Art members, Jason Schneider said, did you know, George, that frugality comes from the root word? Uh, one of the root words is to be fruitful. Yeah, that's a really nice way of thinking about frugality. So frugality, creative, what do I mean by creative temporary frugality? Temporary means really um, you only need to be temporarily frugal because as your income grows, you need to be less, you can be less frugal. So that's one of the joys of it that you'll see over time. So it's only temporary, right? And creative means that you can be creative about it, which we'll talk about to find good alternatives. So once you, after you log your spending and then use CTF, then the remaining expenditure each month is your budget. We'll talk about that as well. And you can grow your budget, like I said, over time. As long as, here's the important part, as long as it grows more slowly than your average quarterly income, ideally even than your average yearly income. But as long as it grows more slow, so what I mean by average quarterly income is if you suddenly get a big client this month, suddenly get, get a windfall this month, you don't go and go, yay, my budget is now $5,000 more. No, because we're talking about your average income. Your average isn't that windfall or that client. You got to look at three months, six months, 12 months. And that average income, your budget should be, should be less than that and grow more slowly than that. Okay. So an important concept that I hope you'll practice going forward today is creative temporary uh, frugality. And um, like I said, you only need a budget in the beginning because you're going to grow your income for sure. And, but while you're budgeting, you can creatively find ways to fulfill the deeper need underneath a questionable expenditure. <laughs> okay. So let me kind of uh, walk you through a CTF exercise and, and see if you can learn and, and practice this. All right. Let, let's, let's, let's think about this. 
is there an expenditure in your life? Now, uh, you don't have to out yourself in, in, in the comments area if you don't want to. Let's just say, can you think of a, a family member or a friend, uh, if you know their expenditures, that you're like, yeah, that's not probably not the smartest expenditure. <laughs> okay, it's probably like, especially if it's an ongoing thing or if it's a yearly thing, like hmm, they probably could, could better spend their money elsewhere. Is there, is there a, an example? So that's question number one in CTF. What is a questionable expenditure? Whether you want to look at your own life, which may be triggering, or somebody that you know. Go ahead and comment below. What is a questionable expenditure? Yeah, thank you for those of you who are uh, brave enough to comment below. And those of you who are watching this later, you can enjoy your, your peers' uh, chats, comments by looking at the chat log around 41 minutes in. Um, so, uh, you know, some of you wrote, you know, buying books or dining out a bunch, <laughs> any nicotine products. Yeah, well, that that's kind of tough, right? Until you wean yourself out off of it. But yes, um, yeah. Um, some of you uh, even said software expenses. Now, not every expense is questionable. And when I say questionable, it could be that you simply need to, to, to use it better. For example, technology and software, if you learn to use it well, it could save you so much time and energy, and it's no longer a questionable expense. But there are other things like eating out a lot, right? Eating out often and, and food delivery, et cetera, where it's like, hmm, let's move on to the second question, all right, of, of CTF. And the second question is, what is the actual need or want underneath that questionable expenditure? And go ahead and take a moment and comment below. What is the actual need or want underlying that expenditure? Uh, thank you again for, for your chats. Really appreciate seeing it. Those of you who are watching this later, around 43 minutes in, you'll see your, your colleagues' chats. You know, some of you wrote luxury. Some of you wrote entertainment to feel good, to feel secure, to feel connected. Yes, absolutely. And those needs and wants are totally valid. All of your needs and wants are valid. Yet the question is, how do we meet that? Not every way to meet a need or want is smart. So let's go, let's go to the third question of CTF, which is what other way, what alternative way can I fulfill that need without the expense? Go ahead and give us your thoughts or ideas in the comments below. Yeah, and those who are watching later, you can see the chats from your peers uh, at about 44 minutes in, some wonderful ideas. Um, let's see, uh, Sean Galanos wrote meditation, prayer, exercise, journaling. Definitely, those fulfill these a lot of these needs and wants, right? Clara Moisello, thank you, said sharing resources with others. So instead of, you know, if, you're, if your friend or neighbor already has a giant ladder, or if you have one, do, do both of you need to buy one if you only use it once a quarter? Maybe not. I mean, yeah, it's convenient to have it, but literally we, we have a giant ladder, you know, and our neighbor, gratefully, we're happy to, to share it with him, you know? It's like, we don't, don't buy it. And it's that sense of connection we get. And, and, and our neighbor, by the way, has a bunch of these power tools 
grateful that we don't have to buy it because we we borrow it like once a year to, to do something or twice a year, whatever. Absolutely. So lots of wonderful ideas starting at about 44 minutes in. Thank you. And I think Don Olson wrote uh, Time in Nature. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So let's continue on here. So that you've just done the CT of exercise. Congratulations. That's it. These three questions. And you can do this exercise anytime. As you could see, it only took us about two or three minutes to do this with a bunch of questionable expenses. Now, of course, we all join together to do this, but you could do this on your own, three minutes at, at any time, right? Now, um, I, do, I do want to invite you, don't be too detailed. Uh, you know, there is a danger to, to becoming too, um, like, oh, I want to save five cents here and 10 cents there. Like one example, by the way, that I've noticed a lot of my clients complaining about is PayPal fees, e-commerce fees. Oh, George, is there an alternative to PayPal? I don't want to pay them the 3% every time I, I, get, a, I get a sale. Wait a second here. The 3% you pay PayPal, 3 to 4 sometimes even 5%, is in part taken by the credit card companies. Well, but George, I can just get my clients to Venmo me or, or some other direct payment. Do, do you really want to ask your clients to like, oh, hey, can you Venmo me or PayPal button, PayPal subscription? It's so much easier. That's the kind of convenience that you shouldn't complain about. It's a business expense. Just call it off 3%. You, it's, it's going to be better for your energy and for your mind to use that energy to make 3% more in your monthly income than to be worried about that 3% that you're paying PayPal. That's, that's one example. So there are some cases where I'm going to say, don't do CTF because it's not worth your time and energy, right? So, all right, let's, let's keep going here. So what should we be spending money on? What, what things maybe we don't have to CTF as much, right? And I've given you a list here starting at page seven in the document to, to, to suggest what, well, this, these are things that I spend money on every month and that I find that a lot of my clients spend money on. And uh, I, I'm not going to walk through this entire list for you, but if you have a question about anything, you can always select that item, that word or that item and select it and click on the plus sign on the right-hand side to ask a question or add a comment. Okay. Just, i Hopefully you already watched the orientation to the course and you know how to ask questions or make comments. And I want to thank already Natasha and Alexandra have already uh, added their own comments um, and suggestions. And thank you. If you have a suggestion for a particular uh, cost uh, item that you think uh, we should be thinking about spending or spending smarter, please do let us know. Add, you know, add, add a comment, et cetera. Okay. All right, um, let's keep going. Uh, and then we'll continue having the conversations as you add your comments and questions in these different things. All right, so paid ads, I just wanna say is one of my favorite ways to spend money in my business because it is the easiest way that I've found to grow my audience and to get more sales uh, of my courses and get more clients, et cetera. So, um, but when you're starting out with paid ads, please only start with just $30 a month on Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, you don't have to spend. I spend upwards of $1,000 a month, really, every month. It's at least $700 a month, if not $1,000 a month on paid ads. But because it's because I can. But when you're first starting out, just, just $30 a month is, is a really good way to be able to reach. $30 a month can help you reach 3,000 targeted people every month for your services and your content. It's really, it's the easiest way. Easier than hashtags, right? Easier than doing any, just about anything else to reach the right people. So now we need to talk about logging everything you spend. That's part of spending wisely, 
So how do you log everything you spend? And I welcome you to comment below. I think the easiest way to do that is to do it automatically. And so I've given you a couple of websites to check out. If you are in USA and Canada, mint.com should work. That's what I use personally. I use mint.com to track both my, my personal and business. I use one single mint account that tracks both business and, and, and personal expenses. I just categorize the business expenses under business services, and you can do a bunch of uh, subcategories under business services for all, all the business expenses. So uh, anyway, I, I put in things that I heard from clients. Um, I haven't used either of GetPocket, Book, or Zero or YNAB, but uh, YNAB is available worldwide. And one of my Masterheart uh, mentoring group members, Anita Johnson, is actually a coach uh, that she helps people set up YNAB and, and use it well. So you might want to check out what she does there. Okay, so that's the easiest way. And then besides, uh, you know, what these things can't do for you is to log your cash spending. So what I recommend is that you have a threshold for say, okay, if I spend more than this much amount of cash, I should probably log it in. And so for some of us, it might be like, you know what? If it's going to be $100 or $200 a month in cash, we don't have to be super detailed about it. We just know that it's cash spending, which is usually like, you know, take out food or something like that, or farmer's market or something like that. But if you're spending more than a couple hundred a month in cash, you should definitely be logging that stuff. And if you have a smaller budget, even $200 a month in cash, you should log more specifically what those items are. Okay. And in any of the software that I showed you, there's a way to log cash spending. Okay. Now, any questions about logging your spending before we move on? Okay. So, uh, Julia, uh, Julia Fee, thank you, said that she tried zero XERO and it wasn't intuitive for her. So she instead of uses QuickBooks online. Um, Val uh, Nelson, thank you, says, does Mint have everything QuickBooks does? No. Mint is a really basic version of QuickBooks. It's, you know, Mint used to be independent and QuickBooks bought them. And so Mint is very, very basic version of QuickBooks, but I've been using Mint just by itself. You know, Mint is a free software and I've been just using it for more than 10 years to track all my business expenses, do all my, not Mint doesn't do taxes, but Mint allows me to do taxes easily. Um, and I will give you a, a tax spreadsheet uh, later in this course uh, to show you kind of how I do my taxes easily. So, um, I st I'm still happy with Mint, but I'm sure QuickBooks has some fancy things that, that it does that, that Mint doesn't. So, um, uh, And Michelle says, are we setting our own budgets or doing it as a group? Uh, thank you for asking. Uh, basically, um, what I can, you know, what I've helped you here is with, with in regards to your, your, your business budget, your self-employment budget. So you'll notice that, you know, about $100 a month for these kinds of things. Um, for uh, cost of goods, meaning uh, whatever you spend whenever you provide another sale. Uh, usually it's just for those of us who sell digital courses or services, it's just PayPal or e-commerce fee is the cost of goods and any referral fees that you pay for commissions. Um, and then coaching and, and courses, of course, that's completely depending on you. You don't have to spend 150 a month if you're low budget. Um, but that's kind of like a, you know, if, if you're really wanting to do courses and coaching, you know, just start at 150 a month. And I would say up to 10% of your revenue um, and pay that. So, so that's my guidance for in terms of your budget. Uh, but certainly if you want feedback about your budget and if you're willing to share, 
what your budget is, you can you can highlight this and uh, or so select that and add a plus sign and, and kind of I'd be happy to give you some quick feedback if, if, if that's helpful for you. So, all right, so let's continue on here. Do you do weekly categorizing of your spending and income? If, if not, I recommend starting it this week. This is what I do. Once a week, I log into mint.com and I just make sure each item, because mint.com automatically pulls in my bank statements and my credit card statements automatically every single day. Every, every day, they just pull in all the new, new uh, expenditures and income. And once a week, I take 15 minutes. That's all it takes, 15 minutes once a week to log each item. And when I look at each expenditure, I say, thank you. You know, instead of begrudgingly doing your bookkeeping, you can say thank you. Remember, you can always bring some spirit into every single thing you do, especially with money. So with every expenditure, I look at it, I go, thank you. I'm so grateful that I have electricity, right? <laughs> I'm so grateful that I'm able to hire this coach to help me, you know, uh, think, think through some things. I'm so grateful that I was able to, to eat at that restaurant because it was, was not a great experience. So sometimes I take a few seconds to mentally re-enjoy that purchase. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, that, really, that's what I do every, every week. So that brings a, a joy to my bookkeeping that a lot of people don't have. Now, if I find that there's a line item that I don't really appreciate or enjoy, hmm, I write it down on my to-do list to say, ah, I need to do some CTF with that line item because I don't really enjoy it. Why am I still spending money on that, right? Let's do some CTF there, right? And when it comes to an income line item, of course, I take a moment and say, oh, thank you <laughs> to my MasterHeart members. I hope they are enjoying and I so appreciate that, that, uh, that, you know, that they do this and may it be valuable for them, right? So, that. so do you do weekly categorizing of your spending and income? Go and comment below and, well, you don't have to if you, feel some shame that you don't do it. But if you, if, you, if you aren't doing it, will you start doing it this week? Weekly is a good rhythm because you don't forget it. If it's like a month, then you might forget, what was that again? A week is very, and 15 minutes a week is, is very doable, right? Okay, good. Now, the other thing is, um, <laughs> let's talk, let's finish up uh, this session with talking about some creative ways to spend less. Now, it's not that we all have to spend less and less and less and less. That's not the point. It's about spending mindfully. It's about spending mindfully. But it's good to have some techniques to be more mindful about our spending, right? So this is something that I, I've used for a long time and I've, I've taught in, in previous money uh, courses as well, which is, which is that before you spend, Halt, okay? Before you spend, halt. What does halt mean? Are you hungry right now? So I've learned over time, not, probably not a good idea to go to the grocery store when I'm hungry. Probably not the best idea because I tend to buy more than, or if I'm craving something, don't go to the grocery store. At least eat, eat my cookie or whatever I need to first before I go because I'm like, oh, I, 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 feel, I feel good and now I can spend more wisely. Angry, lonely, and tired, you know, don't go into... Don't go into the mall when you, when you feel that way because you might end up spending more than, than you really want to later, right? So it's really about checking in with your state of being more often, especially before you spend. The more inner resource you are, the less outer resources you need. Isn't that interesting? And my hero in this regards is Peace Pilgrim. Her audiobook is free. You can listen to it there. She's really, she inspired me so much to listen to her audiobook. Now, I'm not living that kind of life, and I'm not planning to live that, live that kind of life. I'm, I'm modeling something different for the modern world. But 
her values really deeply sunk in when I listened to her audiobook several times a couple of years ago. I mean, that's part of my transition into authentic business. Now, um, some things that you buy have additional cost. What other time will this item require? Maintenance time, maintenance energy. So something to think about. The laying the purchase also is interesting. One family has an Amazon day each month. They're not allowed to buy from Amazon, except on the 15th day of each month. And it all have to, they all have to do it together. <laughs> so, so that's an interesting way to delay the purchase. Or, or if it's above $100, it's got to be approved by a wise spending friend. Maybe you can find a wise spending buddy in this group to say, hey, can we uh, check in with each other <laughs> uh, at least for a month to kind of get, get, get some practice there? Um, okay. So, uh, and then of course, finally think about your retirement tree because every hundred dollars you can invest in there is worth multiples that in, in 20 years. And that's actually a bit, a bit conservative, actually, you know, modest. So, so therefore, how much do you actually need to spend monthly? Now, this is where we start to work on a wise budget going forward. Like I said, we budget going backwards. So we have to first log our spending, which we talked about. And then we practice CTF with anything that's a questionable expense. And now that we've practiced CTF, now month by month by month, we will start spending a bit more wisely. And then after three months of, of CTF spending, we look back at the, the average three months that we spent to say, okay, over the last three months, on average, let's say we spent 15000 in three months. That means on average, we spend $5,000 a month. That means $5,000 a month is the, is the reasonable budget for our family. That we're not depriving ourselves. We do question some expenses and we practice CTF, but that's a reasonable expense. $5,000 a month. Got it. So now that we know $5,000 is, is for our family, then every month as we, so every week, remember I said 15 minutes to, to do our joyful bookkeeping. Well, once a month, every four weeks, of the 15-minute bookkeeping, we add another 15 minutes to look at the previous month's expenditure and go, how much was previous month's total? Was it above or below 5,000? If it was above 5,000, why? Maybe we had a special expenditure that you know is reasonable, or maybe we started spending more on eating out than, <laughs> than we need. And let's do some CTF again on that, right? Maybe we should cook in together and that's more joyful anyway, right? Or more... <laughs> more of a disaster, but <laughs> no, uh, more, maybe more joy, hopefully. So um, does that make sense? So that's what I invite you to do is to do the monthly add-on uh, every four weeks to your 15-minute joyful bookkeeping, 15 more minutes of looking at the previous month, looking at the previous month budget and how does it square with your reasonable, your reasonable budget, okay? So um, <laughs> this, this, this link will, will bring you affordable countries for expats to live is uh, some research I did back in 2017 when I was feeling, <laughs> I was feeling the need for financial freedom. That was when I was feeling burned out. I was working too hard without resting enough. And I'm like, oh, I could just throw it all away and go move to a cheaper country. Right. So that I, I did that research. I was like, hmm, how much is a three, uh, three bedroom apartment costs in this country versus that country versus that. So I did all that research. How much, how much is, you know, what are all the benefits or the drawbacks of certain countries and certain locations? So I actually did that back in 2017. Well, interestingly, 2017, I also started practicing joyful productivity more. 
I even wrote the book Cure for Productivity at the late 2017. So since then, I've become much more resourced and less burnt out, and I don't need to move anymore. But um, but if those of you who are <laughs> wanting to move, you can look at my research from 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 years ago. Um, it's probably still relatively accurate. Uh, but anyway, that might be some interest. This might might be some some interest for some of you there. Okay. Okay. One thing really important to mention: Do you have regular payments that are set as automatic? For example, credit cards. You should try to pay off your credit cards every month. We will talk more in session three about the savings and the monthly transfer stuff, which will help. Um, but you know, just just FYI, um, try to try to set your payments to be automatic so that you don't you don't forget them and start generating fees. Okay, let's touch on the topic of pricing your services because we will we will work more on this in the next session. But I wanted to at least give you a couple of tools for you to work on before we meet again in the next session. So first thing, pricing your services, okay? Typically, or not typically, what you sometimes hear out there is about charging what you're worth. And I really don't like that language. <laughs> Why? Because what are you worth? When we start thinking charge, I got to charge what, what I worth. I got to claim my value. I got to stand up for what I'm worth. We start conflating our net worth or our fees with our self-worth. Isn't that right? So that is dangerous. That's dangerous. And so I, I invite you to be careful of that. And instead, and also it sets up comparison. Because if you have a if you have a friend who's charging, you know, 200 an hour and you're only charging 125 an hour, is she or are they worth more than you? Is their service worth more than yours? I don't know. It's hard to say because. Some clients are going to be perfect fit for you and not as good for them and vice versa, right? So what is, what is your pricing really about? Let me, let me give you a shortcut here. Your pricing is really about the perceived value of your service or product among your audience. That's all it is. It's the perceived value. So if you are better at marketing yourself, if you've built an audience that has, has trusts you more, and if you have created content over months or years, educating them on a particular topic, they're going to perceive that they value that topic or that offering much more than they did before or than any other audience. It's perceived value. That's it. So it's really a question of, am I aligning myself with understanding my audience's wants? And have I educated them over time with content so that they have the language and the understanding of why this offering is valuable? That's it. Perceived value. Right. So that comes with marketing, comes with content, comes with trust building, which comes with consistent content, consistent net caring with your audience. Okay. So how do I like to price? And if you want to read more about this, you can click on this blog post there. Is it a good idea to charge what you're worth? I take my pricing and I recommend that you consider this from enoughness and compassion. So rather than always more, 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 it's like, what's enough for your reasonable budget? Now that you know what that is, as you've done the exercise above, and also compassion. Have you ever bought something and you're like a service or a product? And you're like, that is such a good deal, right? That, I'm so grateful that, you know, Cynthia has that you know, service at that price. I'm so lucky to be able to work with her. You know, that's what I, what's what I want your clients to feel uh, every time they buy from you. And the way we do that is by pricing fairly by pricing in a reasonable way. So that's enoughness and compassion. 
and therefore your clients and you, everybody feels so good. Everybody feels so good because you have enough and your compa- your clients feel like, my God, you're the best deal in town, or at least that was a really fair price, really fair, right? So let me give you, let me just now give you the pricing spreadsheet and the biz models spreadsheet. Now I'm going to just open the master copy, but to make your own copy, click here and then click here. And then they'll ask you if you want to make a copy and then click on this button. It might ask you to log into Google Sheets if you are not logged in already, but then click on the blue button, make a copy. If you're not logged in, you might need to log in first to Google Spreadsheets or Google Docs, basically Google Drive, log in, and then come back here, click make a copy and you'll be able to make a copy. But let me just talk briefly about the master copy here. Again, I'm going to have you um, work on this on your own, and then we will talk more in depth about this in the next session. But there is down here, there is a tab to help you calculate your hourly rate. And all you need to do is fill out the yellow cells. Ignore everything else, not ignore, but the ever, everything else is calculated automatically. This is a sample. Okay, this is a sample. And here are your answers. And so just fill in the yellow sections based on what it's saying here. And if you have questions, just bring it to the next session. Or if you know how to add, add comments in the master copy, you can click on any, any cell and click insert comment to ask your question as well, okay? Um, well, by the way, I don't have a comment here, but uh, add your stuff in the yellow and then it'll automatically calculate for you in the green. So that's what your hourly rate minimum should be, okay? Down here is a, is a tab for packages. So if you have a coaching package, a consulting package, you type in your numbers in the yellow cells and it will calculate what your prices should be in the green cells one pay price or the per monthly price that the customer client would pay. Okay. That's a pricing package. You could see that I've really, you know, I've hired people, right? I've done, I created my own spreadsheets and then I hired someone to make it look better and to vet the, vet the formulas, et cetera. So I'm quite proud of it. Um, group rate is if you have a membership group, an ongoing monthly group that you charge people for, what should that monthly group um, rate be? So that will be in this green. They will fill in your yellow answers. The green will calculate what your monthly rate should be. And then you could do a kind of a spot check um, to say, well, you know, I just only want to check. So for example, when I calculated my MasterHeart program, I really should be charging $163 per, uh, per member per month. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have at least 60 members. And if I charge $111 a month, that's going to be fine. <laughs> I'm going to be okay, right? That's going to more than meet my monthly budget. So that's an example of a spot check. But this, this first part is really for what, what you should, quote unquote, charge. And this is, well, if I have this many members, if I charge that, uh, how much will it, will it be? So, all right. So that is the pricing spreadsheet. You'll start working on that. We'll talk about that. I'll answer all the questions in the next session. The business model spreadsheet is also something for you to play with. And this, uh, this first tab is a sample, sample, okay? The second tab is for you to fill things in. If you have different one-on-one clients, uh, group program, online course, you don't have to have all of these, but some of you have some of these, right? And then this is, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this next time. These other tabs we'll talk about next time, but just your business model, you might want to play with that. Again, it's optional. If you don't want to play with it, that's okay. We will walk through it in detail next session. All right. So the homework is to, first of all, fill out the feedback form. Uh, if you don't mind, that would be really helpful for me to know um, what the session, how the session uh, was for you. And so I'd really appreciate if you can fill that out. 
Um, and then to, to work through this resource document, uh, to work through the first session, just kind of go over it more carefully again and do any kind of exercise that will help you to shift your money mindset, uh, to shift your money mindset and to shift how you are spending even more wisely. Okay. And also therefore to, to start pricing your services more adequately as well. So start working with these things. That's your homework, fill out the feedback form and start working with these different things. So thank you so much for being part of this course. I really appreciate your, like I said, your courage and your willingness for being here, working on these things. And I'm really excited to to share with you my thoughts on making more money, expanding that flow in the coming three sessions. So until then, go do your homework and I'll see you in the next session. Thanks.